This is the Art of Warcast, a podcast about Legend of the Five Rings, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Opus, Carl Anderton, and Doug Keister. Episode 43, Crab Quotes. All right, welcome. I'm Tobin Lopez. I'm Carl Anderton. I'm Doug Keister. What are we up to today, Carl? Everything. Absolutely everything. <laughs> it was Valentine's week, and boy, did FFG share the love of L5R. We got the conclusion of the Children of the Empire fiction, as well as many new cards, some crane and unicorn pack spoilers, the new cycle has a name, and a first pack announcement. FFG even published another article Tobin wrote. <laughs> Lastly, listener questions were answered or not. There's a lot to talk about. So if we can keep Tobin quiet, we should be done in an hour or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, C-O-T-E fiction. This was... Oh, my God. This is one of those This is one of those weeks in, in L5R where you the flooding just... The, the, nothing seems to stop, right? So Monday was nice and quiet. And then Tuesday, my phone starts pinging because people are messaging me. And I'm at work. I'm in meetings. But my phone is not lighting, well, lighting up because I have it on mute. And I'm like, what the hell? And people are, a couple people are like, great, great job in the article. And I'm like, huh? and I'm thinking, because I'm at work, I'm thinking, how does this person I know because of games know about the article that was just published? The huh? Yeah. And so it, it takes me a second. And it turns out that FFG published an article that I wrote almost three months ago. <laughs> yep, they had the hell onto that one, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, they warned me. They said it would take a while to show up, but I had, I had given it up for dead. <laughs> uh, honestly, <laughs> I had given it up for dead. So, so yeah, it was in. A, so it starts with Tuesday. Um, that was that was neat. Uh, at least from my end, it was neat. Oh yeah. Um, I, I know a lot of people were discussing. You know. Oh, Free the rolls, right? Hashtag yeah. free the rolls. Oh, well, was that was that actually? Uh, of course yeah, it's, it was, it's, of course it's that the was thing, a thing, right? Um, so, so just so everybody knows, it's called the link on FFG's website is called Battles of the Spirit. Yes, <laughs> um, it was. I, I will say this: it was not easy to write. They asked me to write an article that talked about the excitement and and dynamicism of the role and the role choice process and the role locking and what it all meant for the community and what it meant for the game. And it was hard to do that without going down a lot of rabbit holes uh, and using a lot of, of examples. And I didn't want to use a lot of examples because that kind of takes the reader out of it. So it was difficult. I've I've been writing professionally, academically for 20 years, and um, that was that was a hard piece. Yeah, <laughs> like you say, it's it's that problem of um, you know, an essay question that's far too broad. Like, right. Well. Okay, give me about two hundred pages. We might be here. Right. For those, kind of thing, for right. those of you who listen but have not read the article yet, he's less windbaggy when he's writing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm much more concise when I'm writing. So anyhow, uh, enough enough of the article. Go read it if you like. If you don't, that's it's good. Too. Read it. <laughs> we got our. So then, so that was Tuesday. So then Wednesday comes. Yay, mm. new fiction. Mm. Okay. Uh, we get the conclusion of the Satori Daisetsu Dai- Dairu. 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 Bayushi Emperor Dairu. Yep. Storyline. Yes. The son of Bayushi Shoju. Right. And we don't have a card for him d- yeah. right now. Not do yet. We? Not yet. Okay. I, I was trying I, to think I, about I if I would although, although, I didn't know the Scorpion cards well Although, enough. foreshadowing, uh, since we're getting Satori at some point, maybe we'll see him. Oh, oh yeah. Probably, we'll probably. Get, we've gotten this Emperor. So we've seen Satori. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get Daisetsu at one point. Oh, yeah. We better get Daisetsu. Yeah. And so, yeah, we we should see. Uh, but so, uh, is it just me or is the fiction the getting better all the time? Well, I mean, yes, but 
as um, a lot of people on Reddit were mentioning, that's um, uh, Digi Ladaru, I want to say. Digi Le- who is, Le- Ladaru. Who is yeah, well known Ladaru. as a n- notorious almost as a fantastic writer for L5R. And everything he's done before this has been like, holy cow good. So, yeah. Well, so, yeah. Yes, so he wrote some of the old that. fiction too. Yeah, he wrote yeah, yeah. A lot yeah, of yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Games. So the, it, it just seems like the. At the end of the old game and before the start of the new game, there was, you know, people weren't really writing about L5R, right? And so mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems like some people are shaking their cobwebs off a little bit and getting back into the flavor of the, the world and stuff. And it seems like the stories are just getting better as you know, yeah. as people write more and more for well, it. Well, and, and this is very meaningful, right? These are the oh, these yeah. are the these are the halls of power. Right. So when you're when you're dealing with I mean it's there's a the the it's still can be good writing, it still could be sort good storytelling. The story about the crab village that was uh, oh, being that taken was over amazing. by the Shadowlands, right? Mm-hmm. That resonated, but on a very personal level. Whereas this resonated on a power structure, Rokugani wide. It still had a personal aspect to it, but you, you like, oh, the decisions these people make will impact the, in, will be forced upon and, and cascade through the Empire. Oh, yeah. Whereas. This little village being taken over by Shadowlands is the first step in a in a larger story. Mm-hmm. It's, right? it's Game of Thrones so it's, at its best, where it well, understands the two contrasts. Yeah, and this you is know, what happens yeah, to the small I'd, people I'd yeah. and what takes up to the big the big swings. This yeah. is also one of the first places where we see what Bushido really means. I think in one in any of well, the stories. Um, what breaking it? There's an easy one there. What is how how easy it is to how how. How natural it might seem to us to do something which is clearly not cool, as far as yeah. Bushido's concerned, and how the way that the events sort of spiral out of both Satori and Daisetsu's control. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see when you, I like that you see get to see the the whole almost the whole story from both of their perspectives, and uh, and in both places, spoilers, sorry, uh, <laughs> you see that whole of oh my god, this is gonna stop, right, Dad? Yeah, both of them almost to a degree. Yeah. Well, I think Satori is the first one to go. Momentum has momentum has has built. This is going to happen, and he's just standing there going, right. "Right, fine. I'm just gonna I'm gonna ride this wave." And honestly, that's the interesting part during the duel is from Satori's view, where he's all, "This is happening. I guess I'm no longer in control of this. Let's just rock this." And and, and at that point for him, it's um, uh, what do we call it? Rationalizing as much as he can. Right. Whenever every part of rage is sending him off into worse and worse actions, you know. Yeah, he's, he went, not oh, wrong, right? yeah. Oh, yeah, he's, he's not exactly. wrong, right? Yeah. He's not I, wrong. He's not wrong. I just love it wrong. how you get to see how Bushido is bigger than anyone. Mm-hmm. Well, and also the the Scorpion injection too, where there's an end bit of the of uh, Jodan going, "Did Dairu set that whole crap up? Is he is he learned from you? Is this entirely manipulated by him?" And uh, and Shoji basically going, "Maybe." Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, no, I, but see, the thing that I got from that is that Shoji was like. I even I don't know. Yeah, of course, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Um, I would never, I would never trust a single word that comes out of show, uh, Bayushi Shoju's mouth. The, the feeling the that I got from it, at face value, from you know, from so. you know the the little bit that we see of Shoju's internal monologue, mm-hmm. it seems like I don't know. Like I said, maybe, <laughs> maybe I've, I've I've taught my son well, so. I don't yeah, know. He doesn't tell me. <laughs> little side point as well. When the emperor hands off the uh, go board to Shoju mm-hmm. and goes, oh, "That's right, amazing." You know, yeah, here we go. It's like this go board has been passed through the em- through the imperial line. It was a gift to us and all this kind of thing. And we'll give. I'll give it to you. And Shoju's all. I, p- I couldn't possibly. And the emperor. First of all, the emperor cuts in with like, "Let's just pretend you've refused twice and I've insisted. <laughs> Take the darn thing." Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. yeah. He's like, that. "Don't worry about it. I'm sure you'll find many or many more opponents in the future." <laughs> to which Shoju says, "Your Majesty, of that I have no doubt." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> particularly yeah. like. Well, the 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 piece that illuminated me, like, because I read the second piece and I'm like, how uh, Satori lost? Like, well, 
okay, whatever. But that was explained in the third piece COVID where more. you go to first strike. Yeah, the I, I just, so. it, it was mentioned. I think it was mentioned in a couple places. I think it might have been mentioned in the first one also. Yeah, it's the first, first it, clean blow to the body. Yeah, yeah. They, they do mention in the first one also. Oh, okay, I missed yeah. it in the and first And that's one. like that's the Kakita style Ajutsu dueling. That well, pretty much all lines. Yeah, really, so, and yeah. so but so they have to. So part of the thing about dueling is is that. It's it's just like in like the Wild West when they had you know, the gunfights and all that. You lay out the rules of the gunfight or whatever before you begin. Well, let's rewind a little bit. The the type of dueling they're talking about is very specifically both actually in Japanese history to a yes. lesser degree. But honestly, the um, L5R one is codified from the British and European, honestly French, um, courtly duels. The point right. of it was settling it in a lethal, serious manner that wasn't guaranteed to be lethal. So the, the idea of pistol dueling is the first clean shot, mm-hmm. it's yeah. first blood, and that's that's rapier dueling too. So what they're saying is first with the Bakken, first clean blow to the body that would draw blood as a sword, and we're done. We yeah. don't want to kill anyone. We want right. to prove you could have done it. Right, right. And I like the whole thing at the beginning where uh, Doji Satsume states, "Well, this is an honorable thing. This is, you know, this is a real duel, mm-hmm. but these these Kids. children." <laughs> yeah. Are, are are have not yet earned the right to wield a katana. Yeah, exactly. Therefore, they will use bucket. Yeah, that I mean, just the the whole like the whole flavor, just everything about it, just yep, yep. you know, I can eat that all up. It's a great. wooden wooden training sword, in case you somehow these days don't know what that is. So, all right. So uh, we also had so that was Wednesday. So I could go on Wednesday. about this for a <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was good. It was good fiction. It it ended abruptly. Boom. It ends, and you're like, all right. That was a little okay, so, but it leaves us wanting more. Uh, the inheritance cycle. Then they followed up on Thursday. Well, that uh, oh yeah, I guess so. Well, so uh, the box drops and the box drops got- on Thursday. So then they also had a stream. So Tyler and I didn't watch the whole stream. I watched some of the game, but uh, Tyler played a game with Derek and some other folks um, sitting there, and they played the new Crane Stronghold versus. The new, I think it was the new Stra- Crane Stronghold versus the new Unicorn Stronghold. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the name of the card was? I missed the stream, unfortunately. So there was, there were all kinds of cards that were spoiled. So they they showed up as, and they just kind of showed them as they came up in the game, and it was pretty cool. And yeah, we'll go over those. One of the things that came out of that, the probably the biggest announcement besides the characters, was this new keyword, which is disguised. That's neat, right? Yeah. So disguised uh, is—is there going to be disguised stuff in the crane pack or something? I don't think so. I think it's—I think it's part of inheritance, but I don't know. I don't. It looks because according know. to the inheritance announcement, it's part of inheritance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's inheritance. Okay. I think it's yeah. an inheritance. Okay. So they, so they had the inheritance cards in there, which is pretty crazy. Well, oh, so maybe Friday. So I think maybe it was late Thursday that they did the inheritance announcement. Maybe I I, I I saw it, it on Friday. I think it was. I, I think it was Friday because I was watching pretty closely. Okay. I, 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 I I'm not sure. I don't. Yeah. It's, it's it's all a blur. No, I, was, <laughs> I spent professional time doing this. Normally it's Thursday. I'm looking so. at the post now. Oh, it was Thursday. Okay. So uh, it was late Thursday afternoon when they posted this. So the disguised keyword is an interesting one. That's Jeez. neat. That's Carl. You mentioned that it was. Uh, I've, I've had a bit Something. of a clarification this one, but yeah, it's it's as you look at it, it's uh, one of those card stretches that's turned up in other stuff. It's yeah. uh, has um, predecessors in magic, you know, um, but it's ninjutsu actually, which is kind of um, ironically, um, ninjutsu in, in, in Magic the Gathering has a swap a swap a card with another card in play. Okay, so that's basically uh, almost exactly what we've got here, or it's disguised. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, precisely. But I mean, mechanically. Yeah, it's interesting because they yeah. do they do so follow very 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 closely in style. They, they whatever car comes into play maintains what happened to the previous one, stuff like that. So right. keeping fate, keeping any attachments or tricks. Yeah. So, so yeah. The the thing that occurred to me with this. What? Ha- so hold on. Before we get into that, okay. let's let's uh, go Car through what disguised on, yeah. is. <laughs> okay. So a disguised character has disguised and then some trait. Bushi, a courtier. Uh, one well, would so, assume well, maybe maybe berserker. So far, we've got Bushi, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Bushi, like courtier, Bushi, Shinobi, who knows what, right? So you have this disguised and then a trait. So that character can be played from your provinces or from your hand, and so one would assume there might be an opportunity. There's, there's, we're going to see conflict characters out of this, but what? Oh, definitely. We see is Dynasty right now a Kodozentaro from the Lion Clan. So he's a disguised Bushi. And he, there's actions on these. So these are three, four, three and four cost characters. I think we saw four cost. Not I don't think. Did the stream, or maybe not. Did the stream show them using a disguise character and how it's actually done? Is it an action to do it? I don't think the stream showed showed them. A, okay. I didn't yeah. watch the whole stream. I, but it's I do believe yeah. it's an action to do it. It makes yes, sense. Yes, it's it an action to yeah. do it. Okay. So what you do is you, if that f- character's face up, let's say it's a Kota Zentaro. So that lion character's face up, you have a non-unique Bushi in play. All the disguised bushi, all the disguised characters are unique characters. So, as as an action, just like you're taking during any conflict phase, um, you may switch. Not you can't do it during Dynasty. You may pay the cost of the disguised character, reducing its cost by the unique character it is replacing. The right. non-unique character. The non-unique character. Yes. It's so basically, it's your new. It's the disguised, disguised character's fate cost minus the cost of the character on the table. Mm-hmm. Right, and then you move all the attachments from the character on the table, and, and all the fate from the character on the table, status and all the status lot. tokens yeah. from the character on the table onto the disguised character, and then you discard the non-unique character. So this this non this non-unique character has been disguised as a unique character the entire time. And pop. So Shiro Miyako, anyone? Not for starters, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure on the cost difference? I could have sworn it was just put into play. No. Is no, no, it's, it, you have to pay the cost. Okay. Mine, basically, yeah. you eventually pay the whole cost of the disguised character. You're just paying it in installments. Totally so, yeah. I'm just curious. I hadn't, I hadn't caught that part, so. Yeah. yeah, that's in the article. Interesting. Yeah, so it's, it's cool. I'm just thinking about all of the, the ways that you could have, like, here's my, you know, lion characters that are out in play, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, you get, like, a couple, one turn, you know, pre-conflict, and all of a sudden, those three lion characters are now three disguised scorpion characters. <laughs> well, you would have to, because because the disguised characters are face up on the provinces, right? I'm thinking so conflict characters, you're though. Telegraphing it a bit. Well, yeah, exactly. Two parts. I mean, it, it's interesting-ish when it's um, the standard province one because it's the dynasty characters because mm-hmm. it's all okay. You have to account for that guy could jump in suddenly. Okay, right. cool. Um, but the scorpion characters to, will be conflict characters. Yeah, if we do get to conflict ones at all, that's when it gets very, very, very sneaky and like hard to hard to do, to predict. Third one is um, various ways of turning characters face up on the dynasty cards face up. Right. That's yeah. where it gets really fun. Right. There, there are, oh yeah, there's lots of things that are interesting with this. And Uji, are, I mean, you can Yujiaki all the face up characters, put them into play, and but you don't put the disguise one into play. Yeah. Right. Well, all, all, all you, the fact that like, you've okay, got a we're just gonna hang. He's gonna come that, in later, and that yeah. way your your opponent gets to know that hey, this disguise guy's around here somewhere. We just can't find him. Yeah. <laughs> and on the trade out too, that um, if you you know mid mid conflict, turning a bunch of dynasties to face up to reveal a character with a disguise ability. Mm-hmm. That's the exactly. big one. That's no, no, the big no, one that's there. What I'm like, about. Oh my god. That's yeah. big. You know, yeah. But I 
there will be conflict characters that are disguised. I mean, almost there have to be. Almost definitely. There have to be. Well, like, we'll see. That's kind of strong, too. So we'll see what we'll see. That's a horrible... It's it's almost, in some ways, worse than the classic for a conflict character from hand. It's like, mm, yeah. you know. Yeah, because you're reducing the cost of the character by whoever's yeah. in play already. And all the various tricks. There'll be some way of getting around attachment requirements and all other weird bits like that. You know, characters that you wouldn't want to be dishonored suddenly becoming dishonored. Mm-hmm. You know, characters who... who like, uh, the equivalent of Sushiro Sadako is an easy one who's happier when she's dishonored. You swap yeah. her with a actual dishonored character that someone spent effort and time to dishonor and yeah, so on yeah. and so forth. You yeah, know, yeah. So, yeah, the, the Inheritance Cycle was announced and it is called... The first pack is for called the Empire. For the Empire. It'll include Hantai Satori, and it looks like it'll include Toshi Rambo. Yeah, yes. okay, yeah, Toshi Rambo. Oh Toshi my god, Rambo's yeah, that's, that's an amazing card. <laughs> Isn't that insane? I know. I it's like, a, it's a face-up card, so you can't. You don't really want to play it against Unicorn <laughs> New Stronghold. <laughs> oh, but I, it, now, now that I'm back to playing Crab, I'm thinking about well, you know what I want my second clan to be, and I'm starting to think that maybe I might play Scorpion as my secondary clan. Okay. I'm yeah. thinking that or Crane. Well, I haven't I haven't really decided yet, but seeing Toshi Ranbo makes me want to play Scorpion. Thing, it kind of yeah. makes me feel dirty, but you know, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, on my, we'll, we'll get more into this. I think we're talking cards and our favorites of later. But I'm mainly on the making the shinobi tribal deck work oh, right yeah, now yeah, with yeah, the yeah. toys we've had. So, I think Toshi Ranbo would fit in with that pretty well. Oh, yeah, the aggressive, well, the aggressive play. The the probably the there's a couple of cards that were spoiled in the um, stream. Uh, the the biggest one is probably Daidoji Yuji. Are you on Discord right now? I am. <laughs> I'm looking at the spoiler list. So if you if, if so if any of you guys listening too late, you can't actually get right. <laughs> this is like twelve to eighteen hours from now. So, so our friend Case, who is one of our, one of the biggest Scorpion pl- or not Scorpion players, excuse me, sorry, Crane players. Crane players, thank you. One <laughs> of the biggest Crane players in Colorado. He can't he can't stop talking about Daidoji Yuji. It's like his favorite character. He's got like play mats that have Daidoji Uji all over them and everything. Like apparently that was his favorite character from the old game. So then he's he's going he's very happy about this. Oh, he's happy. This is a five cost character, six military, two political, two glory. Bushi Daimyo Shinobi. He's a unique crane. While this character is honored, you may play each character in your provinces as if it were in your hand, reducing its cost by one. Jesus H, that's insane. Oh yeah! Holy cow! But you have to honor him, right? <laughs> you have to, he, you, oh, which good. which isn't he's a crane counter. How hard is that? You're not. It's not going to be too tough. <laughs> but he has to get honored, and then you can do that. Now, now it's a five way cost. The crane. Wow! Yeah. But you you get him out, and if you manage to play, you know you can play each of your characters in your as this as if it were in your hand. So there was another uh, unicorn card. Big surprise! Three cost, three military, two political. One glory, Shinjo Haruko, Bushi Cavalry. Action during a conflict in which this character is participating. Choose an honored character. Move that character to the conflict. So she pulls somebody in. Mm-hmm. Honored stretch is rough, but it's going to make it a nice big swing when they do turn up. So yeah, yeah. and you yeah. could so you could start seeing some like uh, unicorn with crane splash. Oh, uh, regular player at the cafe. Um, a regular listener, Josh, um, is on the Battle Maiden tribal front, shall we say, and keeps looking mm-hmm, at all yeah. the insanely better and better Battle Maiden cards. Mm-hmm. Enough that he's probably considering doing the original Unicorn Stronghold because there are also a whole bunch of really good Battle Maiden cavalry everywhere. Yes, so. nice. Yes. The big, there's, a, there's a big Unicorn attachment that's making a splash, Ring of Binding, a one-cost attachment, item Mashodo. During the Fate phase, if you were the first player, attached character cannot lose Fate or be discarded. So nice, like Blamo right. cannot be yeah. cannot lose fate if you're the first player. So that's way of the unicorn. Let me let me keep let me keep yep. playing way of the unicorn. Keep this one rocking. Yep. yep. 
for sure. And then probably the most interesting to me that was spoiled is the Daimyo's Gunbai. It's a dash cost, and you'll find out why. It's an attachment. Plus two, plus two attachment. Item restricted. Action during a conflict. If this card is in your hand, reveal it and initiate a military duel against the character your opponent controls of his or her choice. Resolve the duel. Put this card into play attached to the duel's winner, if able. Otherwise, discard it. Fun, yeah. And so it just comes into play. It's a it's a duel huh. for a plus two a weapon. plus two. Yeah. yeah, not a weapon. It's an item. Well, but, but plus two plus two. Pretty neat. I was gonna say if it's plus two military, it clearly can be used to clonk someone over the head. So yeah, pretty neat. And then there's so a I bully duel algorithm. you, <laughs> and then I bully duel you worse later. <laughs> well, I bully duel you and then break the province. Probably is the plan, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, so there's a there's quite a quite a few cool cards in here. They're the future of of of, of, of L5R. Oh yeah. Uh, so something I want to talk about. Oh, go ahead. I, but I have, I have a comment about disguised a little bit. Sure. I like it that they're introducing this in a cycle because what I what I would like to see sort of in a in this game is I would like to see mechanics rotate out. So this could be something that they just introduced in a cycle. It's only ever in this cycle, maybe the next cycle. It does never show up in an evergreen product, and eventually disguised rotates out of the game. So then you have mechanics okay. that you get. You're, there'd be like a little bit of mo- Mono no Awari within the game mechanics, which I think would be interesting. Okay. Yeah, because it may not happen, but it would be kind of cool. Because yeah. yeah, you're talking there about um, not having mechanics tied to clan identity specifically. So yeah. every, everyone will get some touch up on disguise, either encounter or using it, and eventually that will just move away. I can see what you're getting at. Yeah. It, I just think it'd be interesting to see if you know to have like mechanics like this that get introduced that they're that are, are only short term flavor. It'll help keep the game more fresh, more interesting. You know, and eventually, yeah. if if there's a if there's a, a mechanic that you don't like that showed up in a cycle, eventually it might be gone. So we'll that. see what happens. Maybe yeah. this is something that sticks around. Maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. But I like it that they're introducing it in the cycle. And it does take away a bit of that classic. I always refer to it as the D and D three point three point five problem, which is three point zero problem, which is um, Lord above. How does that work again? What does that keyword do? Oh my god! And you know, we're drowning in more right, and more right. complex, you know, um, back, heavy background mechanics. So yeah. That's the future L five R, right? Those right. that those cards are coming. They're on the on their way. Yes. Let's talk about a little Real bit about the ones now. that are here. It, yeah. Let's talk about the children of the empire. Uh, it cannot be uh, overstated. I think, at least from my perspective, I really could not wait for these cards. Oh, and, and I, I, I absolutely, got them and it was exciting, and I got to take the real piece of cardboard and put it in a real well, sleeve and put it in a real deck that I really had on my table. I think we can clarify this properly because you stopped by the cafe on Thursday and what I got was, hi, you got your cards? <laughs> yeah, let me you see know. the cards. <laughs> he walked up he's like, here you go. Because <laughs> I, I, I may have texted people on Wednesday having words in retail and going, I've got COT in my hands. I, <laughs> I specifically, actually that was Wednesday night, I think Yeah, it was. exactly. Yeah, cause we, yeah, we got our delivery at the right time, fortunately. So, yeah. Yeah, so like I, I actually called Total Escape like as from work on Wednesday or Thursday, I'm like, "Do you have it?" John was like, "Yeah, we've got it." I'm like, "Good, I'll be there." <laughs> and I left work a little early, specifically to go get my copies of Children of the Empire and still be home on time for a Valentine's Day dinner with my wife. <laughs> Yay! But I, I just, I just love that. It's like, it's like, "How are you doing, Tobin?" Yeah, you got your cards. <laughs> like, here you go. <laughs> you know. Okay, got cards. Now I can be pleasant. <laughs> no, <I'm good>. no. <laughs> Now uh, I can be respectful yeah. and pleasant. And sat down, oh, sat down the table oh the wonderfulness dick. that is like everything in that that box. 
Yeah. I was good quite stuff. pleasantly surprised by the um, insert because FFG is notorious for what the hell is this cardboard doing in here? It's at least functional in this case. You could at least store some actual cards that it separated out. So I'll yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It actually has two. They give you a middle, a middle partition, a divider, mm-hmm. so that you can actually put like. decks into the box. Yeah, or or it, maybe like corset plus children, children looking at the amount of space you had would probably fit. Yeah, something uh, like maybe. That, you know, maybe. Honestly, yeah. it's a size box. Okay. So. It, yeah. Honestly, I could have done without the extra box. I'm with Personally, you. Yeah. I put okay. So I have the the BCW five row boxes oh, that I yeah, use. Oh, totally. Yeah. And uh, you know, so I've got the the nice little plastic dividers and everything like that, and I mm-hmm. sleeve all my cards in a playset of the penny sleeve. You know, a playset to a penny sleeve, and just put it in these in the five row boxes. So. Those boxes are in the recycle bin. Oh, right totally. Now. But, but I mean, by, by comparison, when you, if you we used to the good old-fashioned Netrunner core, where it was like, there's cards in here, right? And there's some weird, like, odd U-shaped protuberance of cardboard that is totally unhelpful. Right. The, if I was to get a new player and go, get a core set, get a Children of the Empire, they'd actually have something to put the damn thing in right now. True. Which is, right. which is a difference, you know. Yeah, you, right. could, you could fit, like, two cores and, yeah. and children in that one box and yeah. use that as your t- card yeah. storage if you're, if you're a new player. Yeah. It ain't beautiful, but I'm surprised at how functional it was. So, so it's interesting that you mentioned two cores and a copy of children. We'll be talking about that in a few minutes as well. Foreshadowing. <laughs> so, what is? What do you think? What What are you most excited about? What What's going on? Like, <laughs> we we siege th- Captain Heavy Ballista, uh, Hon Nodachi, Hida Yakumo, uh, all the crabby goodness. That's what I'm excited about. Well, That's you what I've guys been looking know at. because after I got the obviously I, I did a little bit of a rundown of I have the cards. I've I've clearly cracked open the cards. I've clearly been reminded about something that I must have seen months ago and forgot about, which was infiltrators tools. Oh yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, oh wait, what? A zero cost card for me to, t- to for me to go back to converting every damn thing? Oh. Yeah, I think I'm doing that Shinobi deck again. Yeah. Also, <laughs> the provinces are interesting. Oh lord, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Not necessarily in, great in, both, in all cases, yeah. but they're interesting in both ways. I'm, I'm. They're great. They're good. <laughs> getting into some of them are you know, situation. Like, some of them are definitely situational. They're good. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like it's like okay, uh, so so. We're not going to attack every single card in the set. There are other podcasts that are doing that, yeah, and so go listen to them. Definitely oh. attached one of. But I do. Let's let's talk I about one, the provinces. I have one, I have one quick thing to say. Go ahead uh, on that on the topic. There are two new podcasts out there in our L5R podcast family that I've been listening to, and they're both pretty good. Uh, one is called The Meek Informant, and they're for new players, and they're pretty cool. The other one is called Imperial Host Coast to Coast, and Imperial Host Coast to Coast is going to be doing like a nine-part series. On Children of the Empire, so they're going to go over each clan and the neutrals, and and so they're going to go in depth on the box. Cool. So it's their their episodes aren't out yet, but as they come out, that's probably going to be something that's going to be worth listening to. Yeah. They're both both those podcasts are great, but Imperial Host with their review of Children is going to be fun and interesting. I think so. I think mm-hmm. they also win the current current um, prize for title most likely to be mispronounced. Imperial, Imperial Host coast, coast to coast. coast. <laughs> I so that's going to go wrong, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, go for that, sure, yeah. but you know. So, anyways, you, so yeah. yeah, so we're not going to go in depth in the cards because other our other podcast friends are doing that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can well, talk. How many times I mispronounce Traxxas? Anyway, carry on. <laughs> um. so okay, so we we have the provinces: Midnight Revels, Temple of Dragons, Vassal Field. Vassal Fields was the last one that was spoiled, mm-hmm. right? That's the Earth Province. It's a four strength opposite of Fertile Fields or Manicured Garden. It's the opposite of Manicured Garden. Uh, during an action, during a conflict that's the province, uh, your opponent loses one fate. Yep. So, versus upholding authority, what do we think? Well, but here's the thing: it's it's kind of like meditations on the Tao. Yeah, and so it, and it could actually be 
harsher than meditations on the Dow because well, and, and actually, if you lose the yeah. if you're planning on playing that one card that costs a certain amount and you lose one fate that's like that's a new thing well, I mean let's be right? you probably are aren't you I mean we almost almost anyone unless they've got a handful of zeros is going into the conflict phase with the assumption they're going to be spending some fate to do things so <laughs> right, that's right, how right. it works and having know. the fate to do it remind you me know, of something yeah. what element is meditations uh, meditations void? is fire is it fire okay I'm and so this is a this is an earth Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's re- so it's remo- this one is remove a fate from the fate pool, right? Your opponent loses th- one loses fate. one fate. So, so if you've got meditations and this in your in your province row, and uh, you know that if yeah. if your opponent gets unlucky and hits one two on those, mm-hmm. they're losing fate off of characters and a fate out of their pool, mm-hmm. possibly in the same round. Mm-hmm. That could be brutal. Just it could be now, <coughs> just like just like Tau, you can go in when you don't have any fate, so it's no there's no the province is basically blank right but that's a that's a timing issue right oh no well that's also it's also the classic moment of you could you could just go in with no fate in which case your opponent's going cool yeah that's fine go by ahead me. And come in <laughs> with know? no fate i got nothing to lose here you go boom 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 yeah, fine I by win. me right yeah right so that i think i think vassal field is interesting temple uh, of dragons i think is cool yeah, it's, it it's could it could be very swingy. It could be, but, but it's a it's a void. Yeah, it's yeah. a void. So it's competing with pilgrimage and shameful display. This is this is the first void province that actually could compete with shameful and and pilgrimage, but it's I, it's still number three. I think. I think it's absolutely perfect for the dishonor deck. I have uh, my opponent is low in honor. He has clawed and clawed to get the air, and uh, he comes in remind and yeah, everyone what the that. card text is. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. After yep. this province is revealed, resolve the ri- contested ring effects as if you were the attacking player. So it's you're resolving a ring that's being declared right. the, the, the conflict ring. So right. on the way in, the guy who's on one honor is trying to survive. You steal it from him and he loses. Crab wants this card, this this province. Uh, that's a ridiculously powerful effect. It's it's but, another but, option but what besides if they come defend in, the wall. But if they come in, well, defend the wall is earth. This is void. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. So basically, every, in every so, so I have that effect twice. Yeah, and I don't, and then with this one, I don't have to win the conflict first as the defender. Yeah. Just have to get poked. Yeah, maybe. I, I look at it like this: in every situation apart from void, whatever they're trying to do, you can reverse before they do it. You can at, le- at the very least put them back to where they were. Right. Void is the one that doesn't quite work because it doesn't put an honor back on something. I want right. to say right. A fate back on somebody. Yeah, fate. Sorry, yeah. But all the others are like, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna tr- come in here and try and gain someone to survive. Yeah, give me one first. You're gonna come in and try and honor someone. Yeah, let the honor before you uh, do that. Yeah, water may or may not. Water is water could not be triggered. Maybe. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, less reasonable. Thinking in terms of um, earth could be big. What do you call it? Uh, honoring dishonoring. Fire one is huge. If, yeah. you, if you suspect your opponent has the temple, going in fire is really tricky. You yeah. talk about turning on crab, uh, turning on crane, honor things. Your big guy suddenly goes ta da for an additional strength on shameful. Yeah, that's right. I think that's hard. I don't know. Like I play pilgrimage on my, I play pilgrimage on my stronghold. I don't know that I would trade this out for pilgrimage on my stronghold. It's not. But I could. But you don't play crab dishonor though. I don't. Yeah, that's. If thing, you were yeah. playing Crab Dishonor, you'd want this as your Void Province, I think, or at least to be a strong contender yeah, for your province row. I mean, I'm, 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 yeah, hev- I would heavily be thinking about that versus Shameful because, while Shameful, you got a little more. Con- it's that interesting trade out, isn't it? It's the same sort of thing with. Um, now is this it- is an honor reveal, and Shameful is an action, so yeah. Shameful could possibly be triggered multiple times. Yeah, so that's exactly. that's so, the one that's limitation. What, that's, that's what I'm getting to there. Is that it's that agency? You get the call. Okay, I've set it up so if he hits Shameful, he's completely boned, and you've got control over that and can choose to do it or not and can make use of it. Versus the the, the spike pack trip 
Yeah. yeah. The spike trap effect of your opponent going, it's the you know the good old fashioned I don't attack with less than two characters against unicorn and right. so on and so forth just right. in case. Right. And you know, Ooh. but I just think those effect that effect is so rough. I've you lost. Know, I've won so many teams. Is it upholding authority where you lose two when you break it? Help me. Uh, the, upholding authority is the it's no 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 upholding authority is losing your hand like yeah. you get to look at your it's, hand it's, the, yeah. it's the better policy debate is, but yeah, anyway. what's it called but one, the one where you lose to honor when you break the it, throne the throne yeah that one for example is a classic example of people going oh that was a really bad idea you know right. and while that won't fire very often it does mean that the, they have to work around it you know you, right. you can stretch your the opponents throne. yeah before That's the throne thank you yeah. Yeah. yeah number of times people have plowed into that and gone oh I go no defender cool you know yeah. you lose yeah, I don't know. I, I I look at that and go, ow. Because it's not even just one effect. It's a whole... Whatever your opponent is thinking about trying to do, you can so, put so, it So it. just... Yeah. The um, thing uh, it has um, going uh, for it is it's more, one, more, one more strength than Shameful. Shameful yeah. is nice and... Nice and it, yeah. it could so be interesting if, if Crab ever gets Seeker of Void. You could have Pilgrimage and this. Yeah. That Ooh. could be fun. But this one is... The, the, the hard part to get around is that this is upon reveal. So it's farmable after right. the first time. Right, shameful is not farmable. Obviously, pilgrimage is not farmable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, if if this wasn't farmable, it would be OP. If there was if oh, there yeah. was a way to flip it back over, but I don't know that there is right now. Besides, I the thought dragon. there was a card somewhere. It's a, it's a dragon dynasty card. Oh right, so right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So temple dragon again. I think it's still, not it's, drag, it's uh, not something you crap. go charging straight for. But you're quite right. Any um, thing you avoid stuff will be like uh, that's a strong second place. Oh yeah. Anybody who's got like seeker yeah. avoid, so could, right. could really want okay. this province. Yeah. I, mean, now, I, I look at it now with I'm now and now I know my opponent might be going. I haven't seen your void one yet. Hmm. You know. This right. and, and you're right. It's hard to compete against shameful. It's hard to compete against pilgrimage. But I think this is a strong contender. Yeah. Yep. On the front of shameful. It's, it's well, like I said, it's the it's the strongest one so far. Uh, yeah, the other ones have been like meh. Yeah, because we've almost no we've way. almost we've dismissed we've dismissed everything apart from pilgrimage because we looked at shameful and went holy crap that's insane. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So on, on the shameful display, I think we have basically the um, shameful display for everybody and non-shameful display, Kiku Matsuri. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Kiku Matsuri. <laughs> yes, everybody yes. gets honored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody gets honored. We all love each other. Yeah. Yeah, there's a fun one for you, right? Right. So, so some of these cards are uh, are really reflect things that, that happen in the storyline. And I'm, right? I'm so honest. Subdue the spirits and defensive Rokugan. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, well, that was part of the Miyako's undertaking. That was part of the goal of the of the pack was to, you know, re- sort of you know put a cap on the fiction of the last year, of right. the first year of the game, and really start to uh, really start to see how they weave or they're we- they're being woven together. Yeah, I also love it that the kickoff tournament for the game is now enshrined as a province in the game. That's yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, awesome. that's cool. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I can look at that card and think, yeah, I was there. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Uh, so what are the what are the cards that you're excited about in your clan, Carl? Well, like I say, it's a weird one for me. It's only a card or two now that basically says I can probably go off and do something I was trying to do, the Shinobi-style mm-hmm. tribal-focused deck. Um, it's the two big ones there. It's the Infiltrator's Tools that I'd somehow blanked existed, and um, little old Midnight Prowler. Uh, yeah. Two cost, two one, um, no glory. Always happy to see that a scorpion. Um, oh, yeah. If you win a military, look at the top two cards of your opponent's deck and you made this card one. There's yeah. a there's a no downside yeah, yeah, hit. Yeah. I'm like, and that again. Oh wait, and this little guy, this little guy's gonna win a military. Cool. He's not he's not having anyone oppose him because he's coverted as a shinobi, and every damn thing in my deck is gonna be having these tricks. It's like, oh. So yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've seen. There are some cracking ones in there. The um, could he be the start of a mill deck? 
Well, mill fallacy is always tricky. The the search the top two kill something. So targeted card destruction rather than mill. I'm discarding before right. you get it. That'll take, you know, definitely. But if we get many more of those, there, you know, maybe a mill deck out of Scorpion could be a thing eventually. Yeah, it's not an insta loss in L5 either, is it? It's just an on hit, so it's like, eh, you know, tricky. Yeah, but it's True. it is card denial though. Totally, card yeah, denial is also yeah, that's, just that's a lot of good thing. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not it's not mill fallacy at all. It's I get to look at two of your top deck and go no. Yeah, the uh, Emperor's assistant. Oh, assistant uh, to the emperor. Uh, the attendant, yeah. to attendant to the, to emperor. the emperor. Thank you. Yeah, yeah um, that one looks good for yet more of the imperial um, clan deck, which clearly does want to go into scorpion because we get more and more <laughs> toys. But when Toshi Rambo comes I, up too, oh my word! Yeah, and I have you to know. admit, I have to admit, the imperial in scorpion is making more and more sense to me. Yeah, right? getting, t- getting um, better and better and better. So yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, we've got the crazy uh, poison. The eyeshadow. Well, it's yeah. it, the Kirikiko. Yep, Kiri- uh, Kiriko. Oh, that's that's a nice card. I like that. Oh yeah. But I'm thinking that eventually, because you know Shoju is going to be the region and all that, it's going to be at some point there is going to be the region deck. Oh yeah, the, and the, the, the that's, Shoju version. Yeah, that'll so. be the the Scorpion Imperial funness it, deck. If he does something based on Imperial um, keyword, yeah, you'll have the full Imperial tribal. So yes, it's it's the, the 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 Regent archetype or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. Maybe the Regent will be an attachment that you can only put on a Scorpion champion. Could be. Yeah, that'll be yeah. cool. Ooh, geez, if that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that that would be a fun card to have. Around. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be yeah, maybe that's what it is, right? So we have the swords, the Kunshu sword. Maybe that's attached to a champion. Is that that's no, no, that hasn't been. I can't remember the details of the Kunshu sword. It's the Kunshu. That's the that's that is the, the Kote uh, series card, right? That's the Kunshu is the uh, family sword of the Hantais. Yeah. Oh, okay. So okay. Excalibur, shall we? And say. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And it's so basically. It is presented to the emperor upon his coronation as part of the ceremony of his coronation. And so what happens is clans compete to see who can hold on to Kunshu and then present it to the emperor upon his coronation. Ah, uh, okay. So right now it's it's That's still what we're competing for yeah. in the Kote series. Yeah, yeah so it's the, it's the right to be the the, the the to have the honor of bearing the imperial sword. Yeah, on the on the Scorpion character front too. You brought this up earlier, social puppeteer. I'm not entirely certain I'll go straight into what I was building just this moment, but if I were doing a more standard Scorpion deck, holy cow. Mm-hmm. So three cross, military one, political one, glory one. The com- Its composure effect is this character must be chosen as a target of an opponent's event if able. And then the action is during a conflict when this character is participating, switch honor dials with the opponent on your next honor bid. Which is which is Until hilarious. your next honor bid. Which is just flat out, because I'll just turn composure on, thanks. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I've decided it's going to work. Speaking Whoop. of composure, yeah. I'm uh, one of the things I am uh, 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 slightly disappointed about is I was hoping that there would be a few more composure cards in each clan that would do interesting things. Yeah, and I, there, there aren't as many duelists as I was hoping for either. But yeah, you know, hey, but well, there's there's quite the a few order. duelists. Yeah, yeah. Like if you do a search for duelists, like I, I'm looking at this list. And there, there are all there are quite a few duelists. Yeah, but there's, only, there's, all, only, yeah. there's, there's only, only one, one or two in each clan. Right, there's only one in the the crab clan. I think there's only one in the unicorn, which uh, which is fine. Uh, I was hoping for you know a few more, a little bit more dueling, a little bit more composure. Well, there's there's it's it's a, it's a nice it's nice laying, it's laying the groundwork for a change to the game, and that's good. And it's it's in, you know introducing new mechanics, and that's that's great. And so it's good as fo- you know as, as a foundational thing. I was just hoping for a tiny bit more, but you yeah. know I think it's always good to avoid can't mechanic, be perfect mechanic flooding. You know, when true, something when something true, new comes in, true. it comes all in one go and processing it and yeah. working. Well, I think all difficult. the four, all the challengers are duelists, and then all the yeah. four costs for each one are duelists as well. I like so it that we've got a neutral challenger. Two sets. Yeah, yeah. If you if you if you if you're set on if you need someone else to trigger duels, period. Yeah. 
Yeah, but aspiring challenger. It's a, it's an interesting one. Not great. He gets plus yeah. two glory when he has composure. Uh, during a conflict initiated, military duel, mo- resolve the duel, honor the winner. Mm-hmm. He's ah. he's going to back a few people up. I mean, backing up the puppeteer, for example, who can just go, I just turn composure on. He yeah. gets a lot better. He's right. a, he's someone you'll have to work around, but if, you, if you're if you getting composure anyway, he's not bad. Now, the interesting yeah. part to the puppeteer, and... Uh, it's I've I've heard a few podcasts and the idea is, yes I understand where you're thinking that like, oh so this person just sucks up everything and they can't be the, but one of the things is duels are events, mm-hmm. right? A lot of the duels are events. Yeah. And so she puppets like you're going to be dueling with somebody. It's going to be her. If she's if she has composure, you're going to be dueling with her until she doesn't have composure. And so that's fact, an interesting part. The fact that duels are events and there are a lot of event cancels. We're having mm. a duel. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, that's a good. I mean, that's not a bad way to go fish out the cancels too. To be fair, True. and I would say with the puppeteer too, it's um if she's able to be targeted, she has to be. So if she's bowed on your back line, sitting there looking bored, unless the card says participating character, you're suddenly in a situation of crap. I've got to throw it at. Her. Well, th- that's you know. That's part of yeah, the duel mechanic. True. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. I'm saying outside of dueling, I'm saying events oh, in general. Right, yeah, right, outside right. of dueling, there's a lot of like, well, I I would love to hit this guy who's taking parts. It doesn't say it has to be participating, but off it goes to her. Right. You know. That's mm-hmm. true. All right. So uh, the thing, that the the two cards I'm probably most excited about from a crab perspective are are Yakimo and Smuggling Deal. Oh yeah, Smuggling, smuggling Deal. Deal like hard. I don't know how many I play with Crisis Breakers. I play Keeper. Keeper roll in this case, keeper water, and I'm playing with crisis breakers. I don't know how many other crab players play with crisis breaker, but I do. And smuggling between smuggling deal and fight on, those crisis breakers are going to stick around, man. Just, they are well, they are going to defend. I would like to, to see the, the crisis breaker use more. the The most popular crab build that I've seen on Bushy Builder right now uh, doesn't use it. Yeah, oh, I just look at that though. I mean, you're quite right. Think about the the good old fashioned break turn. You're like yeah. I can, I can faint and then use the dog, give you an honor because I don't care because I'm going to use him again to actually go and break your stuff. Right. I mean, oh my god. Right. Yeah. So he can. Yep. So the crisis breaker, that that second trigger allows him to participate in three conflicts. One being political, or, or you can have him participate in three conflicts. Two of them being against the unicorn HMT deck, oh, yeah. because <laughs> oh yeah, okay, I can declare my my another another com- military conflict and. And you don't have the crisis breakers because you've already triggered him. And oh no, I just made a deal with the, with the mantis, and now I'm back in. Right? Again? Oh yeah, no, that's so. that's that is a heck of a card. I mean, yes, that is a strong cost. It's a one on the swing, but oh my word. Right, and then Yakimo uh, having the control over honor, and I realize that a lot of uh, crab decks are are dishonor focused, and not that I haven't won through dishonor. I've I've won quite a few games by dishonor, but there's also something to be said for just not allowing your opponent to break stuff. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. And then I go in and I just wait and, and swing in big. Yakimo is huge for that. And we have a listener question um, coming up in which I'll talk more about those combinations. So here's a question for you. There's there's lots of great cards in here. So let's uh, let's flip the script a little bit. What do you think in, is weak in this in this pack? What don't you like? I think, I think the challengers... Uh, Thematically, the challenges are a good idea, but I think, with the exception of a couple of them, they're barely worth triggering. Okay. The d- barely worth triggering the duel, I, and that's just the challengers as a whole. There's the unicorn one, which was one of the I think it was the first that was spoiled. I think so. And so that one was fairly. That's that's a fairly interesting one. The other challengers, meh. The two magistrates, the righteous magistrate and the humble magistrate, 
those could probably see play, right? I think they definitely will. Yeah, I mean, um, ro- roll's not um, withstanding. I think both those both of those are pretty strong. Yeah, but I think the challengers are probably the weakest spot. All right, and it's hard to balance that, right? Like these are challengers; these are two cost characters. You want to be able, you want them to be able to have some ability, but it can't be an ability that makes them overpowered for their cost. True. So it's a tough tough balance to make and you know tyler's done a this is the first box where i think tyler has worked from scratch on this with with input from brad and oh yeah this this LCD is tyler group. really putting his stamp on the game yeah and so this is good uh introducing new things like challengers and dueling uh he and i have had just had discussions and it's not easy because you don't necessarily want to duel <coughs> and i think duels are more interesting when there's only one or two point difference and of course they're more interesting, but you're not going to uh, a person with a dual activation may not activate it if there's only a one or two point difference. They're going to activate it when it is bully dueling. When it is when it is a three point difference, four point difference, five point difference. I guess so. We've also seen effects where it's just worth getting that effect in as it were. And like you say event the ones on the characters are a tricky deal, but getting events out and getting people to counter them and deal with them and just to play forcing your opponent to play safe rather than playing safe on your side right. can still be effective. So I get what you're saying, but yeah. And that's where like things like Kikita Dojo come in. Like it, it's a holding for Crane during a conflict initiating military duel until the end of the conflict the duel's loser cannot trigger its abilities. If the duel's winner is a duelist, bow the loser as well. So that's a that's a big deal. Yeah. But no, you yeah, don't yeah. want to trigger that. Unless you're really pretty sure you're going to win it. Oh, and that's well, what that's yeah. what dueling is about, right? So how do you incentivize dueling for the sake of dueling? Mm. And that's kind of what the Crane Stronghold and the Crane Clan Pack does. Yeah. Well, I'd also right. argue as well. We keep. I think this doesn't get touched on enough that the, both the composure mechanics and the simple nature of how many cards trigger off difference on dial is part of the reason you can build in the dueling stuff. Yeah. You want to move your dial around yeah. mid-conflict. You want to be able to draw cards, but you want to be low. So the game there is that you, you you bid high to get cards, then the first thing you do is trigger a duel, intentionally lose it, drop your dial to one, cool, you're in the right place now. That's all very strong stuff right. still. You right. know. That, like, dial manipulation will be a thing. It'll yeah. be like, oh, look at that. I have I have these cards that, re- that look at my dial and it's warm welcome. You know, sometimes you want to turn composure on, and, but you bid five, so then you duel so that you can bid one. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and just get out from under it. Yeah. And be able to play Warm Welcome to play the card that you've already played and your opponent maybe okay. hates. I think particularly with Warm Welcome, you will be seeing that. That's, now, that's one of the defining cards. Yeah. Now, one of the things I, I wanted to get on my soapbox a little bit here, what I find, there's great communities in this game, but communities start to enter a groupthink idea. Uh, there's, there's a groupthink effect that happens. And... I've heard a lot of, well, that doesn't fit in the crab deck. Mm-hmm. This card doesn't fit in the scorpion deck right now. As if there is a singular scorpion deck that's most effective. There's a singular unicorn deck that's most effective. There are, and, and yes, there are caveats sometimes when, when there's multiple decks, but at least with respect to crab, I've heard various people, uh, I've seen various people say this doesn't fit into the current crab deck because it's about dishonor. Like Yakimo is not mm-hmm. about is not doesn't really fit in because it's about dishonoring. And and this is where I get up on my soapbox. It's a living card game. Don't let the meta define whether a card is good or not. The ga- the what card should pool happen should is define the, the card meta. pool defines it. So when new cards are released, as they just were two mm-hmm. days ago, 
see how those cards impact the meta instead of the meta impacting the cards. Okay, mm-hmm. so and that's that's where that's my soapbox. Well, thank you for your commentary, and it's I, I actually agree with you. There are a lot of people I think who come from the old game that have sort of looked at it that way. Is the you know here's here's the meta and here's well, how. Let's be fair. This is this is in no way restricted only to L5R. It's and it's not. It's not. It's not. It's, it's, oh, right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This uh, this is not. Yeah, this is a card gamer problem, not mm. not an L5R <laughs> gamer problem. <laughs> True. Send it further out from there. So. Uh, the situation that we're in this year is what LCGs traditionally are. What we've seen up to, of L5R up to this point hasn't really been what we're, what a lot of us who have played Conquest or Netrunner or something or Agot have have been used to with L- LCGs. Is that the the meta shifts, the meta changes? There there there's a there's a bit of a churn in the meta because new cards are coming to the card pool at a consistent pace. We're going to be seeing cards coming in at a consistent pace throughout all of 2019. The meta is not going to be stagnant. The meta can't be stagnant. So you can't talk about the crab deck and how the new cards fit into the crab deck. Yeah, you need to think the other way around. To throw throw a comment on that to to kind of clarify what you're saying is that it's not only new cards coming in to change the meta; it's new cards coming into an a fairly established pool. That's what we're seeing right. right now. People have gone. We've had two cycles. We've had these clan packs. We've gone. We know where we are. And so these cards coming go. Oh, cool. Those they don't fit. Because we know where we are, it's cool. We don't right. have to worry about those. Right. It's like, well, no, you're not going to be in that place for very long. Well, yeah. like like my comment on smuggling deal. Like, if there's not a lot of crab characters, if there's not a lot of crab players who are playing with Crisis Breaker and playing with characters whose actions you want to repeat again mm-hmm. for the cost of one honor, then smuggling deal is going to look crappy. But then what you do is you you take smuggling idea and says, hey, look, now this is a tool I have that I can repeat an action on a character. What characters might I include instead of the ones I have? Yeah, precisely. And so let you know, build the decks. Don't let don't let the deck that you have influence the deck that you build. Uh, I've gone back to the drawing board with respect to my crab deck, and I'm like, okay, and I've taken out cards. It's it was hard. Mm-hmm. My instinct says, "Oh man, these cards have won me games. This card's president has won me games." But then I'm like, "Oh no, but I want to put warm welcome in, mm-hmm. right? I want to put defend your honor in. I want to put smuggling deal in." Yeah, I mean, um, none of us pragmatism gonna, is going to claim this is easy. It isn't. Right. Oh no, 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 no. Always tricky. So and I would say as well as one little thing that I think gives L5 R a slight edge of a pass here. This is a damn complex game. It is. This is the netrunner problem massively mm-hmm. multiplied. That when mm-hmm. people go, "Wait, that deck works. Cool. Give me that deck. I'll learn how to play." You know, and they folk, and they quite understandably pick a deck that is competent and strong, and then work on getting better at playing it themselves. So uh, when a new card comes in that doesn't fit stricture, they go, "I'm going to make my life easier and go that doesn't exist." Blink us on, make this deck work. I can understand that. I totally can. Oh yeah, this is a hard game, as I've been finding out for the past week. <laughs> <laughs> I started playing on G Goku this week a little bit, and I'm making all sorts of play mistakes. I'm missing triggers. I'm, I'm just not playing well right now. Well, and so side. yeah, this is a hard game. And flip it's... side, you finished your path last tournament. I was looking at. Yes. You finished your journey. Yes. You so now I'm back yeah. to crab and going. <laughs> I can't play this game anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So I've, I've, I, so I've been in that position of like trying to. You know, figure out what I'm doing wrong again. Like I sort of lost the feel of the game. And so, what you're just saying about how this is a hard game, that it's, it's so it can be easy to fall into that think of, hey, here's a here's a deck that works that makes you know figuring this horribly complex, you know, brain bomb of a game easier to figure out. I can see that. But if you're if you're you know a hyper competitive tournament player, you know, going to all the cotes and things like that, I think it. 
behooves you to think outside of the deck for each clan. I mean, any any reasonable competitive player knows right. that, I think, to be fair. I would say as well, as the fun person wanting to play the game casually, the, the first thing you should do when a new card comes in is go, that looks really cool, let's try that. Well, and, and it may or may not work, but so what? Also, you know? you know, there, there's there's some talk on some of the other podcasts about, you know, this card is crap, this card is good. I don't know why you'd play with this card. Why does this card even exist? You know, it, it happens about every time their new card comes out. You have to remember that this isn't just a tournament competitive game, that that, that there is a, a casual side to the game, and there are going to be cards into the, put into the game that are not tournament competitive cards that are meant for casual play. That are fun for them to use. Yeah, yeah that are fun ups, cards yeah. that just don't make sense in a tournament totally so yeah. you know finding out what what those cards are and maybe taking some of those cards and thinking hey wait this this now fits into the tournament meta now let's try it this game is living it's changing the meta is not stagnant and stale you know you need to keep re- learning and in some cases like in my case relearning the game <laughs> yeah yeah and anecdotally cards surprise you i don't want to go off on this tangent too heavily but i play a lot of a uh, little ca- uh, game called gloomhaven that has a lot of people very um carefully from on high dictating that these are the builds for these characters you play that work and um my wife jackie took a card that is clearly defined as for the class she's playing the worst card in existence and let me think of an equivalent here it was equivalent of her playing one card and forgetting it existed for the rest of a game of l5r and that card accounting for three province breaks Wow. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's it's it, it's that's a translation, but it was like it's a passive effect that everyone goes, yeah, but you got to wait, let your opponent trigger it. Yeah, but you can manufacture that, and it's one freaking card, mm-hmm. so they can cards can surprise you as yeah. always. Yes. Yeah. So those things that you think are binder fodder, yep. reevaluate those on their own. They might be context matters. Right. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's a new set that comes out, everything should be on the table again. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Oh yeah, I, mean, I think I think yes, I think that is the the big message to take. There is yeah, the moment new stuff comes in, you should not immediately be going. Well, according to X and X and X, that's not good to use. No, stop, reevaluate, do what Tobin said there, wipe down to zero and go. Okay, how do how does this go from scratch? Where where do these sit now? We can evaluate everything as a whole. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a there's a corset card that I had I'd never seen play for a long time. Spies at court. Oh yeah, geez, that's fairly rare. Yeah, I've I've seen it in like two or three decks on G Goku and Case was playing it last Saturday and so I've, I've now seen Spies at Court like all <laughs> over the place <laughs> like, where the hell are these people coming as I, from as I'm getting <laughs> screwed by it it's like that wow might, that might be a matter of small sample size in terms of your thing it's it's other places it is it is played but not frequently so it just lo- sounds like maybe you just hit a patch where maybe you, maybe. Hit, them, you hit them hard then that, well, that, that statement has something to say about this as well right you know, mm-hmm. you, in your tiny meta, this card is never played because it's awful, right? Right? Mm-hmm. That's universal truth, right? Yeah, 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 so. yeah. All right, so on to listener questions. To begin with, Michael S. asks, please give us your take on community building. How do I get TCG players to try this awesome game? What can I do to keep the interest in the game high over time? And thanks for your awesome work. Well, thanks, Michael. Thanks, mm-hmm. Michael. Uh, we have some ideas. I, I spoiled this a little bit. I teased this a little bit last episode. So what w- the three of us uh, and Jason have agreed to do is construct, uh, at least uh, virtually, construct seven decks with two core sets and only children. The The purpose of these is to then publish them, and we'll probably publish them uh, either via Facebook or it'll be a 
Bushi Builder or Five Rings DB deck. I think Five Rings DB is a little bit easier. As far as I can tell in Bushi Builder, it's really hard to say, limit my collection to this, that, and the other. Yeah. Uh, Five Rings is a lot of bit, little bit easier to that, so then it's easier for us to build. Anyhow, the purpose of those decks is to offer you, the community, our listeners, some starting points. You don't obviously have to stick with what we have, but some starting points on how to build a physical deck that has that relies only on two corsets and a set of children. As Doug saw, talked yeah. about before, the children box has enough space for those things. That's a hundred and twenty dollar buy in in MSRP. Is that hundred twenty at MSRP? Uh, it's forty bucks for the What's for children. children? Thirty bucks. Forty, 40. bucks for children. 40. No, one twenty. You're right. One twenty. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're all full. So one twenty MSRP. But that gets you two corsets and children, and, and so that in? allows you to offer these decks to people you're teaching, and say. That deck you can play, you can get that deck and more like it mm-hmm. with these these cards. And so you can yeah. offer up, one of the reasons we're going with two corsets and children is because most of you, most listeners have three corsets, but you're only playing one clan, right? So you don't, you're not using a lot of the corset that remains. A lot of the corset is, remains in your box. Use those cards to build these these decks that you can use to play against your friends or your opponents to introduce them to the game and we think that say like if you have two or three of those decks that maybe you rotate through or maybe you have them all available if you have enough cards but you go through them and bammo yeah like that deck right there that you right. just played against me go over there and you can buy that deck and more mm-hmm. like it yeah for yeah. 120 bucks for and yeah. and we're not the only ones who have thought about this and are doing things like this. There are other places. Yeah, absolutely. There, are there, there are other people out there in the community who have done primer decks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, we, we didn't just want the good teaching version. We The the, the idea of us is to be able to go, hey, here's something simple that's right. in a reasonable starting range. So, uh, so yeah. So. so what, you know, looking for these sort of resources is going to be a way to at least give you a, a few decks that you can take with you to your, to your game store to, you know, sit someone down with the game and teach them the game. Uh, and that's going to be great. Other ways to get people interest, inter- interested in the game, talk about it. That's yeah. That's the start. Y- you know, Michael asked about, you know, how to get other TCG players into this into this game. Well, I guess uh that can be kind of hard maybe. If some if you've got someone who is you know, a TCG player who likes the chase, who likes chasing rares and going on a TCG player and buying decks and things like that, you might not it might be a hard sell. Mm-hmm. But if you find someone who is you know, traditionally a TCG player who is maybe a little disheartened by the current meta in their game, which mm-hmm. never happens ever, mm-hmm. does it? <laughs> 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 you know, if they're if they're sort of on the outs with their current game, you know, that's maybe a p- time to say, hey, here's another game that <laughs> you could get interested we're in. We're not, we're not suggesting a predatory fashion here, but we are suggesting a predatory yeah, fashion, let's be yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, we see, I think you've hit the point there. Number one is play it around them. Yeah. Play it around people. And the one thing I see as the, as the retail guy on all this is a really easy answer. You ask how to build a community. There's For you as, as one person, there is a simple thing you can do to build a community, which yeah. is be the guy who turns up. Right. Pick a day, pick a time, advertise it, turn up without fail. Like, um, I we've got a Keyforge tournament tomorrow on Sunday. This will be the first Keyforge tournament I've missed in a month because it's my anniversary. But if it wasn't my anniversary, I will be down there to make sure that our local people see people to come and play a t- Keyforge tournament every damn Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how it works. There yeah. is no magical fix. There is no magical other way. Be the dude who turns up. And hopefully you'll be joined by one or more. 
other dudes who will turn up. Yeah. And from there it will grow. The, and not only dudes, women as well. Totally so. Yeah. Dude, is, you know, dude, dude, is a, dude is an open term. You can be a dude. <laughs> you can be a dudette without that unnecessary extra mm. letters. So. Yeah. You know. So Michael, but what what Carl and Doug and I are basically saying is, be in your store, have offerings, um, and and if. <laughs> In, in a bit of in a bit of self promotion, I wrote an article about this <laughs> for FFG last summer, mm-hmm. and so I I detailed that, and this is based on my experience, of course. So you can find that it's called Fortify Your Stronghold, and it goes into detail about what to do. But all the things we mentioned, like the very first thing I say is, commit to it and be ready. Yeah. Right. Commit to it and be ready. It's like you make for an inviting place. You're there all the time. Uh, you make for an inviting environment, and you develop the events over time. But you have to be there every week. Like I think I've recounted on this on this cast mm-hmm. that Mark and I were there. We were killing each other through net damage or, and meat damage for weeks before anybody else showed up. Yeah, and think how big Android Netrunner got after that. For goodness' sake. Oh yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. I mean. It, you, you are bang on right, you say. I would say as well, make it easy. That's the point of the decks we're talking about. That's the point of the idea that you can have some decks ready to play, the point of the idea that we can say, hey, you want to get into it? That stuff over there. Because, again, this is talking for the retail guy. The easier you make it, the, the far, far easier your the job gets, yeah. to say the least. And if someone, if someone walks up to you and asks about the game, talk to them about it. Sit them down. You know, mm-hmm. Have a deck ready for them to play. You know, that's what these, these primer decks that we're talking about that we're going to, you know, release a list for or for. But you you have to be open. You don't know who's going to sit down next to you. You don't know, you know, what they're going to be like, whatever. But if someone comes up and says, hey, what's up? Just be open, be friendly, you know, sit them down, play with them. Yeah. And as you asked here, the whole keeping this interest over time, that's really the, the, the keep turning up part. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. The best folks I see in our local community stuff on Facebook are all going... Um, hey, who's going to be down here on this night? Hey, I'm going to be down at such a place this evening. Anyone want to play? And they mm. keep on doing that. And you mm-hmm. and watching the lists, you see the the hits and the misses. Well, those both come in equal number. But you keep doing it to make sure people keep turning up. Because right. you might you you might have a large community of people who are flaky a little bit, but they want to play. So when they do want to play, have the ability for them to turn up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There are, there are people that can, that'll that'll show up once a month. Yeah. Life be, happens. There are people right? that'll show up every week. Yeah. It just takes some time. Takes some patience. Yeah, patience is the big one. Patience is the big one, definitely. All right, John M. asks, what are you most excited about in the new box? And so, John, I think we kind of took care of your question earlier. Yeah, we're we're, uh, excited about cards. And we're excited about, I especially am excited to change the way, a lot of the deck builds I have. I played as Phoenix, I won as Phoenix. I played as Crab, I won as Crab. I'm playing as Scorpion. I haven't won as Scorpion because I'm trying to use Kaden Bayushi. But the cards in this in children have real are really gonna completely change. I'm probably gonna change fifty percent of my dynasty deck, uh, and maybe you know th- a third of my conflict deck will be changed with children uh, because of the different paths that I think are possible with this. So um, I'm seriously exciting. considering just I've got Tobin's deck list that he uses for crab, which. I've been playing with a little bit. I've got the the crab deck build. <laughs> I've been playing that a little bit on. It's worth noting that to, uh, Doug just made little um, little uh, air, quotes. Uh, air quotes. But what he also said was a the crab deck, which uh, which the pincer movement there was even funnier. Yes, Carry it, was, on. it was sideways. It was sideways air quotes. Yes, it was it was the cra- well, it was crab quotes. There we go. There we go. So. <laughs> 
damn it, Carl, you've derailed my train of thought. <laughs> I've been playing with, you know, like Tobin's deck list. I played with the, what is, it's a Mozzie's Crab Snack, I think is the name of the deck. Nice. It was the, it was the first place at one of the Cotes. That's, nice. It's That's sort of, awesome, though. I think it's sort of considered the Crab deck right now. Mm-hmm. I've been playing with that. With children, I'm thinking about just throwing those deck lists away. Go scratch. I mean, it's pretty much what I did just now. Like, so, yeah. I'm looking at Hida Yakimo and thinking, how can I base a deck around Hida Yakimo? Oh, crazy, crazy toys there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and that's, and that I think is going to be my start. Mm-hmm. You know, that's and that's what you do with with deck building in this game, right? You you find a card that's interesting, that's fun, that has a mechanic that you think you could leverage, and like, okay, how do I? How is this the foundation for a good deck list? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like I say, and a fun one. Yeah. So what are the, uh, John follows up with, what are the best ways to promote casual play at the store level? And I think that's it. I think yep. what we've mentioned before is having those having those decks. And I think the organized play system that Fantasy Flight, for good or ill, advertised their entire system, uh, giving away things and having a completely, ex- allowing for experimentation to happen. Yeah. yeah. And when you're sitting down across from a player who you haven't played before, don't reach for the power deck. Play Don't jank reach for yours. Mm-hmm. Play something else. Play something that you're experimenting with because you know you're experimenting with it. They might not. You can ex- you can share that with them, but you you can pl- you know you're experimenting with it. So you're going to take a different approach to the game, but it's going to be a useful to both of you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, make it make it yeah. make it. One thing, yeah. Make one make thing, it? make it what? <laughs> going to say yeah. Sorry, make it a good like I said, a good experience for the pair of you. There make you it, go. Make it. Um, I'm going to say make use of the fact that you've. Good. The best part of teaching and the best part of learning is when you teach someone, you learn from it. So right. if you yourself go in going, here's something that I'm trying to learn about that I don't normally do, and it's less of a, I'm just going to stomp you across the floor. So, right. you know, and that's, that's another a better thing. experience. We've mentioned this before on the cast, and it bears repeating a lot. If you're trying to bring new people in, you're trying to promote casual play, you're trying to build a community, do not bring your S tier or tier one or whatever the, the, the proper term is, you know, I stomp your face in and win Kote's deck. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's oh yeah, right. Bring totally. bring your jank, bring something that you expect to lose once in a while. Bring something that you know is some weird, funky thing that you've never won with, and but it's just kind of fun to play or whatever. Bring those decks. So there's one more thing I want to say is, one thing you shouldn't do, whether you're playing some unless you're unless the person across the table is a great friend of yours one thing you shouldn't do is say stuff like well i just built this deck and oh you should win or oh you know i just woke up and i I barely know how to think Um, those are things you shouldn't say you almost because because then the person across from you is going to be they're going to think you're, you're not gonna, invested. You're shade. Yeah. Mm. You're, you're not invested. So if they win, it's because you weren't invested or because you just built your deck and you don't know how to play it. Or, But if they lose, then they lost and you're not, you weren't invested and they still lost or they weren't, their decks, your deck, even though you just built it, still won. Yeah. Don't put them in that lose-lose position. Yeah. Right. Right. You want to promote the game and you need to be an ambassador for that. And for that, you need to be very aware of how you're phrasing the things that we normally say when we're across the table from our best friends. Right. Yeah. These are not your best friends. These now, are people you're trying to make friends with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, so, now there, the, and there's a difference. And if you say, you know, hey, I just built this deck, it's probably going to lose. Yeah, that's that's kind of a negative thing. If you say something like, hey, I've, I just built this deck, it's something I'm not familiar with. Let's see what happens. That's that. That's one way. Right. Yeah. It's absolutely. Yeah. There, there's a subtle difference in phrasing there. Yeah. Phrasing it, is important. 
it's as the, we know from watching Archer. Yeah, it's the um, it's the I, I think of it as the racing racing drivers' excuses problems. It's possible. Mm. It's yeah. possible to say, well, the track was wet. You know, the track was wet, and that's why I lost. You know, not so much the well, the track was wet, and I couldn't quite control the vehicle because of that, because I'm not right. used to it, and that's why I lost. You know, right? Yeah, there's different things. And so that leads into uh, the, this this idea of casual play and teaching L5R leads into our next question by Jacob B, who asks. Do we think end game problems are a potential teaching tool in L5R uh, to give students a good idea of how tactics work? And what I, I asked Jacob for specifics on end game problems, and mm-hmm. and it's basically putting your opponent in check or checkmate uh, in a in a rock and a hard place position. Mm-hmm. And so that's I th- I think this game does that more than more than many because of the dishonor mechanic. Oh, this game is such right. Is, so you there's there so many parallels with chess in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are ways that you can put your opponent in uh, because the secondary condition. Is it a teaching tool? Yes, but you have to get them invested to some extent before you start teaching them about dishonor pressure and as well as break pressure. Well, I think right? I'll take it back. I think I'd make a, a sporting analogy since I keep doing those today. A wrestling one. What you're referring to, what I'm seeing here when you're talking about the end game situation there is the headlocks in place. That's not the important part of wrestling. The important part of wrestling is the stuff that led up to that. Is being aware that you don't want to be in the headlock. You right. don't want to be and you want to put your opponent in there. And, and, and teaching trying to me it seems teaching people to be aware of where that could end up and what problems could lead to it is going to teach you to get much better at the game far quicker. Because the one you're in, once you're in the situation, you as the person who's winning are not learning anything mm-hmm. yeah. because you're in the winning position. And you as the person who's losing position, you've learned something which was don't end up here. And so focusing on what leads to that I think is a better teaching tool than what to do in those situations because the answer in that situation what to do is to win and to lose okay and you know so uh, i'm going to use my recent experience with this and my current inabilities with playing the game well last wednesday night you know i was sitting there at our local game store with tobin and our friend eric torres you know i was talking to them about you know my my having lost a feel for the game and tobin's like okay let's play a game I'm like okay and I talked my way through it. This is something that it's important to do maybe as as an experienced player sometimes if you feel like you're losing your hold on the game, and it's possible to do so. It's it's a hard game to keep a hold of. Oh, yeah. But that's the thing that you do, should do with new players also. Talk your way through it. Why would why would I, you know, and I was asking questions. Okay, why should I play that instead of this? Yeah, why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I attack there? Why wouldn't I bow that guy? Right. Why wouldn't I play this? Why, yeah. you know, why would I, you know, I was, I was uh, rebuilding... Iron Mine into one of my provinces, and uh, my choices were either the uh, Kuniyori or uh, the what was it the Vengeful Ozbreaker. Uh, sorry, the the two cost guy that you yeah. super sacrifice. And Those I was I was gonna, Vanguard Warrior. Yeah, Vanguard Warrior. I was gonna shuffle the Vanguard Warrior back into my deck and put Iron Mine there and leave Kuniyori in play. Tom was like, "You shouldn't do that." Like, okay, why? And we discussed it, and I ended up seeing his point with it. How the the Vanguard Warrior was more of a threat than Kuniyori was mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. And so it's th- so there's there there's there's a lot of subtlety to this game. There's a lot, a lot of things to to keep in mind. Yeah. That's kind of my point. There is that that kind of question there, and working on helping people to see and understand those is more helpful than talking about where those lead. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Once once you're in those situations, the we you talk about the game being able to headlock people. It really can. You can headlock people really, really strongly. And once you're in that place, the skill set to get out of it exists, but it's not a particularly useful thing to study at first because it's damned hard. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the place you don't want to end up. You know, mm-hmm. From the first moment or so, almost, you should be thinking, where will this lead to? I think my answer to that question would be yes, 
but it's less of yes, it could be it's they're a useful tool to think about end game problems, but it's less about thinking about the actual problem as it's how I got here. It's, well, right. <laughs> it's some, the record scratch bit, right? You know, so you, I bet you're wondering how I got into this mess. And I've mentioned this Amen. before, but I've had games where my end game problem was the the first turn initial dynasty flip flop. Totally, yeah. I oh, you yeah. know I mulliganed something, didn't get what I needed to see, got something worse, and I lost the game from the that first dynasty flop. Yeah, no, it it can happen definitely. Yeah. So so this so the end game problems are you know beginning of game problems at some, at some points in this in this game. Yeah. All, all of all of game problems. Yeah. Uh, Josh K asks, I have a small group that I play with, and I run have run into a stumbling block. A buddy is playing a Phoenix Scorpion deck with pacifism and stolen breath. Add to that his Mia Mystic to stop Shoju and Aramoro. I don't really want a Splash Dragon in my Scorpion deck, but I can't think of a better counter than Let Go. Any ideas? Also, love your podcast. Y'all are great. Thank you very much, Josh. Love this today. And we have some answers for you. Yes, we have um, a quick, ha- quick study recently, moment. Didn't yeah, we? having having recently played some Scorpion, I think. One is if you're playing Scorpion, your your restricted card should probably be calling in favors. Oh, sorry, it's calling in favors isn't even on the restricted list. You restri- you should be you should Forged be edict. playing calling, calling in, favors. in favors. Just play calling in favors. Yeah. It's yeah. a staple Scorpion yeah. card. Oh so so instead of let go, it's calling in favors for yeah. sure. Yeah. To add to that, there's Bayushi Collector, which oh is God, a I conflict character. <laughs> there's a conflict character in Scorpion. It doesn't cost you any influence. It's it's a two cost character. It's a good character period. You, you play know. him. He's a two cost one two. I think one glory. Yeah, maybe zero. And he, as an action, you can choose a, a dishonored character dis, uh, with an attachment on it, and or yes. either way, you're choosing a dishonored character. character. Yeah. You're getting rid of the attachment, and you're getting rid of his dishonor token. And that's it. That's the action. So so you can, yes, remember, pacifism and stolen breath can only be played outside of conflict. So they exactly. can't be played mid-conflict. So if they play them, you can respond with Bayushi Collector, and you can calling in favors the pacifism over to somebody, and then using the collector, you can move the collect, you move it off completely and out of Collected. play. Yeah. You should also be right? playing Mia Mystic, by the way. Oh yeah, I mean, if you're having those problems, play me a mystic in reply. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah, kind of a fight could, fire with fire situation, which right. sometimes so, you need to do. Yeah. And you have both Soju and Oromoro, so you're. It seems like you're gonna you're trying to play a kill deck, so that might be a little problematic. You might. I don't know. Obviously, we haven't seen your deck list, but with Soju and Oromoro, those are two expensive characters. You might just hang back with one of those. But but by far, calling in favors to get the to get the attachment off one person and onto another, mm-hmm. and then the collector to get rid of both the dishonor token that you just put on somebody and the attachment that you put on them, boom, yeah. you're done. And to make clear, both yes, those cards a, are fantastic a, outside of that situation, which is why we mention them at all. Right, They're and good that's, cards, a, that's a three costs thing. But you have a character in play, and they played a two cost attachment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, so you have a character in play. Your deck is your deck is clean. Their attachment is gone. So yes, also, you need some more fate than they do, but you are not letting them, you know, enact their plans. Yeah, exactly. Also, so yeah. you may not necessarily want to play reactive cards. Barry, you know, maybe you want to go proactive a little bit, playing things like Tainted Koku or the Liar's Mask or things like that to, to hurt their characters before they can before he can you know hurt yours. Yeah. Well, that, that's something you might want to look at too a little bit. Well keep in mind what you're talking a big part of stolen breath and et al here is that is the lockout effect of right. my guys simply can't take part. And to touch on um, another note I mentioned when we discussed this earlier was the one of the reasons we mentioned by Collector is conflict characters. He can't he can't right. effectively throw it onto your stuff when it's already t- when it's too late. So if you're having trouble with that focus on conflict characters. 
Right. I mean, um, it always works. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also Yogo Kikuyo that can help you out in some places. The yeah. Yogo to to oh, yeah. Thank you. To, yes, you're quite to right. To cancel yes. a spell. Yep. Yeah. To totally. cancel a spell. Yeah. yeah. So there, 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 there are some answers there. Play around with it. See what, see what works, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so Nathan B. asks, give us your favorite plays from the new Children of the Empire deck. So I had the I've 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 played some games with this already, and um, it's really cool. I have had Pragmatism on Yakimo. I've had Miramoto's Daisho on Yakimo. I've triggered Smuggling Deal with Crisis Breaker and Witch Hunter, and I tell you, woo! Uh, Yakimo and Crisis Breaker on their own, especially because Crisis Breaker can actually trigger Yakimo to come back into the fight oh, on a military. And if you're less honorable, he doesn't exhaust. Yakimo's so a berserker, you can right? use him. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. a berserker. Oh, so yeah. you can use him politically. Yeah. And then the Crisis Breaker can trigger Yakimo to come in who if you're less honorable he won't bow and then you can use smuggling deal to trigger crisis breaker to bring crisis breaker in and woo you've got a party this right? is this, this and is fight be- on and i mean it's defense yeah. This it's is the beginnings defense. of the the Berserker deck that I've been wanting. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I still hold up. I still think Crisis Breaker is fantastic anyway. But yeah, when you start to get crap like that coming through, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to do Berserker Tribal someday. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 and by yeah. far those are my those have been my favorite plays with with uh, Children of the Empire decks so far. Converting Shinobis. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Converting Shinobis. It's back to that bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and then our last question: Joseph asks, if you were a potato, what kind of potato would it be? I, I don't know that I would be an it potato, Joe. I'd be an a who potato, but my potato would probably be sweet sassafrassy. I, I have a simple <laughs> simple answer to this question, which is how on earth do you know I'm not? <laughs> okay. What leads you to think that I am not? <laughs> Thank you, Carl, our resident potato. <laughs> yeah. um, russet? <laughs> Just, just flat out. I, I was just about you, you're uh, actually trying to answer the I question. Say, I, I was just about to say, um, and there's our episode title number two. When Doug goes, Russet, and I go, episode title number three, <laughs> Russet's questioning tone. <laughs> well, thank you very much for all those questions, uh, statements, and um, the feedback for us. Thank you very much. We asked for that on the short, on the short timeline. So uh, thank you very much, folks. It's great to get those. And to know uh, that people are interested and still listening, for that matter. Now, <laughs> uh, a bit of a note: our, our naming contest for uh, the Mister Cultist character. We have had a few responses, and we would like to announce a winner. But we want to give you one last chance to get your entries in. We I don't have the I don't have the copy of Children to send off yet. That will be so arriving on time. Wednesday. You have time. So you have time. But by the time we will announce the winner at during the next cast, which should be in two weeks. Yeah. So you have still have a bit of time. If you want to win a copy of Children... Come on, guys. Uh, free for you, copy for your of friends, Children of the Empire. Whatever you want. Uh, everybody needs another set of warm welcomes, at least, right? Yep. And another set of provinces and oh, yeah. uh, you know, so on and so forth. Thanks to, thanks to the folks who have replied so far, and thanks to all our Patreon supporters. Uh, I will be... Uh, doing an update on the swag that you're going to get. And so some of you uh, might be hearing from me uh, regarding that. So thank you for all to all those Patreon supporters. And if you are interested in supporting our efforts, check us out at patreon.com slash art of warcast. Uh, anything else, gentlemen, right before we go off and play a whole lot of children. <laughs> 
listen to some other podcasts. There are some good ones out there. You know, not there's not just us. You know, we've got lots of friends out there in the podcast world. You know, yeah, and, totally. And then yeah. new people coming in. So definitely check out some of the uh, some of our other friends and uh, play more games. Yeah, mm-hmm. Carl, you've got another side project going on. Oh, am I talking about, about it? Am I talking about this on here? Holy cow! Yeah, because I was I was I was just talking about it with I am a potato. But fine. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I am dab- dabbling into being a YouTubery type person. I'm building a repertoire of little videos on video games and car- and board games. The idea is to do games that link up, that games that board gamers might like, video games that. Uh, video games that board gamers might like, board games that video gamers might like. Um, I started out with a little short video on Aeon's End. I think I posted that up to the Art of Warcast subreddit. I've got a few of them all coming out. Um, keep an eye out for that. If it's if it seems to be working well, I'll keep doing them. Do you have a YouTube channel they can do a search for? Um, not right this second, but before too long, yes. I wanted to have a good few videos on there before I um, got it popped up. All right. But yeah, so I'll, pop I'll, into the Reddit. Our, our Reddit, Reddit. I'll get it up on the Discord too, and then as soon as, as soon as I've definitely got the channel. Okay, you're gonna force me to make a decision. The channel name is Sword and Board, as in swords of video games and fighting things and killing fantasy stuff, and boards as in board games. So right. I should maybe even have a little logo for that across the weekend. You never know. Excellent, excellent. If you would like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions, you can contact us at artofwarcast at gmail.com, via Twitter at artofwarcast, via Facebook, or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. Please review us on iTunes. It helps other Rokugami find us. Thanks for listening. And remember, honor is the deadliest weapon. weapon.